Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. Fortunately, because of the cost, but uh, for the people that, that can make it work, it, it just gives you another avenue to go down if, if you're looking to build your family. Yeah. And so how did you how did you come into that niche um, on, uh, you know, apart from your family planning that you do? Well, it's it's actually uh, something that I've grown up with pretty much my entire life. My mother was a surrogate. She did it twice when I was a kid. And so I kind of was uh, thrust into it as a kid and I didn't know any better. I didn't know that it was, it was rare or it was anything strange, anything like that. And then when she did it, uh, she continued working for an agency. Uh, she did, you know, surrogate intake interviews and, and uh, you know, coordinating and that kind of thing. So it's something, yeah, I, I've grown up with it. And then once I became a lawyer, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my wife, knowing through my mom, she decided to become an egg donor. And then once I became a lawyer and went out on my own, it was kind of, kind of almost destiny, right? It was like, well, why don't I do this? Cause my mom, my mom knows people that can, can teach me the ropes and, and that sort of thing. And I've been doing it ever since. Amazing. And it's uh, such a selfless act too, to be, to do that for, for couples who uh, want to expand families or begin a family. So that's amazing. And that's incredible. And I know that you have your practice um, in California and your website is surebreaklaw.com. So you guys can check out attorney Jackson's website and learn more about his services and what he can help you with as far as fertility is concerned. And so can you walk me through what a typical consultation would be like for somebody new coming to you? Sure. Well, it really is going to depend largely on what phase of the journey you're in. Most times, if you're a couple, you would be starting off in the very beginning, right? So either with a donation, an egg donation or that kind of thing, or when you're starting the surrogate. But really a consultation is going to be, okay, where are you guys at in your journey? What is your first step? Do we need to talk about surrogacy? Do we need to talk about gamete donation? And then at that point, okay, do you have a clinic? Um, Because there's really really three main pillars of this process. And that is the legal side, the agency side, and the medical side. The agency handles all the coordination. They'll do the matching, kind of just act as the glue for everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the clinics are really where the magic happens. Um, you know, you need to find a doctor that, that you think is, is trustworthy and can do the job. And it, the legal side, obviously, is more just kind of to make sure everything flows smoothly. It, ideally, all the legal stuff is going to happen in the background, and you would never even know it's there. But... If you if, if a couple came to me, the first thing I would do is say, okay, do you guys have a clinic in mind? And then do you have an agency in mind? And okay, let's start charting our steps. What are, what are our milestones that we need to accomplish and go from there? Wow, that's um that's that's a lot. That's actually <laughs> that's a that's a lot because you're dealing with so you know you're dealing with the doctor, you're dealing with your lawyer, such as yourself, somebody like you, and then you have your agency. So that's a that's a lot of back and forth with people. Yeah. And so you just you just for a lawyer like yourself you help to navigate and give them clarity, if I'm not mistaken, that's what I'm, I'm understanding. Yes, yeah, and typically the agency would take the lead as far as you know filling in all the gaps of questions that might just pop into your mind at two in the morning. But I, I think this would be a good time to point out that you don't need an agency. 
Um, it's not like there's a rule that, that says you need to have an agency to help you find a donor or find a surrogate or anything like that. It's, it's something that I would recommend, but I am also cognizant of the fact that agencies, you know, they cost money. Yeah. And a lot of times if people are trying to get through this as, as cost efficiently as possible, they might look at it and say, hey, I don't need an agency, so I'm going to try to go without. And, and people do it all the time. It's just often, uh, it's a little bit more stressful, or I would say a lot more stressful, but it really just depends on, you know, how comfortable are you doing the research yourself, mm-hmm. finding a good lawyer, finding a good clinic that can kind of fill in some of the gaps that the agency might normally do. Uh, but I would strongly recommend an agency if you can make it work. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's a great point to add. And do you work with any agencies like partnerships? Well, I work with all, all kinds of agencies, to be sure. Um, we don't have strict partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we don't want it to be like a conflict of interest type thing where it would yeah. say, hey, I'm only going to refer to this agency or I'm only going to refer to this lawyer. Those types of relationships do exist kind of mm-hmm. in a, a little more wink, wink way. But ethically, we, we don't really like that. If, if you're going to an agency, for example, and they're going to say, hey, we want you to pick this lawyer it would make me more comfortable if my name was being given out with on a list, right? Because we want the couple and surrogates to know that you can pick whatever lawyer you want. You don't need to use this lawyer with this agency and that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I work with, with many different agencies um, and the vast majority of them are, are wonderful. I just, I've, I have never uh, been through the process or come remotely close to the process. So I'm just asking mm-hmm. like, you know, basic questions for those who yeah, yeah, yeah. are considering it, you know, and don't have, I guess, the confidence to maybe call a lawyer and get that free consultation just to get uh, some more clarity. And so I just want to ask those basic yeah. questions that somebody would normally ask, you know, at a first consultation and what to expect. And is for the surrogacy, um, which I, I'm pretty sure is just as, as complicated. What is that normally like for someone who retains your services and they have the mother that's going to be the biological mom that's going to carry the surrogate and the, I guess, the options that kind of protect the mom to be and the father to be or same-sex couple in their rights as uh, the ones who are going to take on the responsibility of that child? Sure. Well, I guess the kind of the, the first decision that you would need to make is, am I going to use a traditional surrogate or a gestational carrier? And what we mean when we say traditional, which is, you know, it, it's kind of more in the past, you don't see it very often now, but that is when okay. the surrogate mother, the person carrying the child is actually going to be using her own eggs. Um, and so she has a genetic connection to the child. That, from a legal standpoint, that can be a significant difference um, because a lot of the, the laws and the case law out there about surrogacy kind of make things a much, much easier if the surrogate has no genetic connection to the child. So that's why you don't see traditional surrogacy very much anymore. Mm-hmm. It does exist out there. Uh, the first time my mom did it, it was a traditional surrogacy. This was back in the early 90s. Okay. Um, that was before IVF really came into its own. Now that IVF is much more prevalent, it's cheaper, it's much more successful, that is 95% of surrogacy journeys you're going to see today is, is gestational, as mm-hmm. we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, once you know, once you make the decision that you would need gestational, 
then you could say, okay, what state am I going to look at? Now, the United States in general, surrogacy is legal, but every state kind of has its own flavor of how legal it is, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's some states that only allow compassionate surrogacy, mm-hmm. where the surrogate doesn't receive any actual money, or she can have her expenses reimbursed, but that kind of thing. Have compensated surrogacy available. And even fewer states still allow compensated surrogacy with what we call pre-birth orders. And this is kind of the crux of what you're looking for is, am I going to be allowed to have a judgment in place before the baby's even born that confirms that I'm, I'm the legal parent of my child? Some states don't have that. And you might have to do kind of a, a step-parent adoption after the fact. You still get you still get your baby. Nobody's like you would not run the risk in a normal situation of not being granted your child, mm-hmm. but there just might be more hoops for you to jump through at the end. I see. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I know, like New York, they have they they don't do surrogacy up there. Something I think I remember reading about a month ago when Correct. they were doing all of the court filings and proceedings for fertility and giving their residents access to care through insurance and such that's very um i was i just was really surprised because in my mind i was thinking it was you know the laws were more of an on a national level and not on an individual state and uh level so yeah yeah that really clarifies a lot yeah and it's really just so the the red what we call the red light states you have nebraska louisiana michigan and new york New York definitely gets a lot of attention right now because we have come so close to getting a a parentage act passed in New York that would allow surrogacy. New York's law, current law, says that surrogacy contracts are unenforceable and compensated surrogacy is in violation of a law and subject to a fine. Mm -hmm. However, you can do uncompensated or compassionate surrogacy in New York, but only if you just are comfortable with the fact that the contract would be unenforceable. So it's not like you would get in trouble if you did compassionate surrogacy in New York. But mm-hmm. if, if, let's say, for example, falling out and your surrogate mother changed her mind, which, let me stress, is incredibly rare. But if that were mm-hmm. to happen, New York as a state wouldn't enforce your contract. But we are very close to getting that changed. We almost got it in this last legislative session. And uh, I, I would be very surprised if that is not changed and updated mm-hmm. within the next year or two. Awesome. Awesome. And since you're in Southern California, what are some of the important laws uh, or things that you like to highlight with your clients for Californians? Because I, I do have quite a bit of listeners who are from California. Yeah. California in particular, not to toot our own horn here too much, but I would <laughs> say California is the golden shining standard when it comes to surrogacy laws in the United States. Many states only have case law which means at one point a judge in that state said, I'm going to allow this and enforce it. And that carries the same force and effect as a law. But there are some states like California, for example, that has passed via the legislative process, a statute that says contracts are enforceable. You can do a pre-birth order. Intended parents are going to be the legal parents, et cetera, et cetera. And in particular, there's, this is kind of a little bit of legalese, but There's a part in the statute for California, Family Code 7962, that says a judge, as long as the contract conforms to everything that we say here that the contract should conform to, the judge shall issue 
a parentage order granting legal rights to the to the intended parents. So it's not a may issue. It doesn't leave any anything up to the judge to decide whether he agrees with it or not. It's a shall issue. As long mm -hmm. as as long as you cross your T's and dot your I's, the judge has to sign that judgment. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so how do you handle or what are the what are the highlights of uh, egg and sperm donorship? Egg and sperm donorship is is much less complicated from a legal standpoint. Okay. Um, many times the clinic that you would go to has paperwork that, especially with sperm donors, the sperm donor can just sign paperwork that the clinic has. Maybe their lawyer wrote it up that says, I am disavowing you know, any legal rights to any child eventually born of this donation. And that's normally sufficient. However, it's always best practice as a sperm donor to have an independent lawyer review and have a separate contact with your donor, that kind of thing. Egg donation absolutely you want to make sure you have a separate legal contract with your donor not just you know paperwork at your clinic but those laws are just as rock solid as surrogacy in the sense that if you donate sperm if you mm -hmm. donate egg or if you're using donor sperm or eggs that whoever the donor was is not going to have any legal rights to a child that is eventually produced as as part of surrogacy or IVF or anything I, cool, because now I, I really can't go into the office. I, I'm still going in twice a week because I need to check mail and that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. only there for, you know, half an hour at a time. And I, I, I needed a hair before this even started. Now my hair is like... It's, <laughs> and, oh, man. Oh, yeah. man. I have, a, I have a four and a half year old, a two year old, and a three month old. Oh no, and the little one, the little, little, little one. Sometimes it's good to get the, the older ones separated from the little ones. Yeah. Um, you know, especially newborns trying to get adjusted and such. Oh, congratulations. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And uh, it's, but it's it's a lot, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife is on maternity leave. She, she's on maternity leave for another month and we just moved. So we're, we're trying to break in like a new house and all that stuff, but it's going to be an interesting next couple of months because I, <laughs> what I've read, I don't think we're really going to be getting back to normal for at least another month or two. Yeah, to be to be on the safer side of things, definitely at least I say until June, yeah. um, if not July, you know, around July fourth. But everybody's going to be rushing out as soon as we are, you know, can get back to some normalcy, and then you still got to be very cautious. So it's going to be. It's going to be, it's going to be a while. Oh man. It's All the courthouses actually. And, and this is kind of a, a throwing a wrench into some of our, our well-laid plans. Many of the courthouses are shut down and mm. they're not accepting any filings except for, you know, grave emergencies. So that's something that we are running into because it's not like we can just file these judgments whenever we want. We need to right. know that for example, we have a viable pregnancy. So we wait till the second half of the pregnancy before we even start. And then it takes a while to circulate all, all the paperwork, signatures from everybody, because you can't just, you, ha you, ha you have to actually have wedding signatures. So you have to mail it to and from and, and so on and so forth. So by the time you have everything ready to go, you file it to the courts. And even at the best of times, there can be, you know, a, a month wait while you're waiting for it to get processed. And all mm -hmm. the while, that baby's not going to wait for the court schedule. Exactly. Um, but now with the courts being closed, we're having to kind of scramble a little bit and, and beg, beg clerks at courthouses to, you know, accept our judgments and that kind of thing. 
So it's going to be an interesting yeah. thing. So I was going to ask you, how is it affecting you, all your clients that you had uh, set up and ready to go, so to speak, before the COVID and the social distancing and the self-quarantine and such began? Yeah. Wow. wow. So here in California, well, I'm in Orange County. So okay. these courts are completely closed. They're not accepting anything other than child welfare stuff. Now, it's not, not, there's not a ton of surrogacy filings in Orange County to begin with in comparison to like LA County. Okay. Uh, a colleague of mine who has trying to get her Orange County judgment filed, she just basically threw up her hands and is, is bending over backwards to re-sign documents in LA County so she can file in LA. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit, and this is so unprecedented that there's not, there's not a procedure that we can fall back on. Yeah. Nobody's done this before, so it's, it's everyone just kind of working through it as they get to it. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely no structures for that kind of thing. And, um, and prior to all of this, because it's, it's not something we've dealt with at this level in a very long time. If uh, if at all, at least since I've been alive, um, <laughs> I don't, I can't remember any time uh, that's been this bad. I'm just born in the early '80s, so yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So how is that going to affect when we go back into some normalcy? How is that going to affect your clients that that are you know waiting? Well, they every, everything is pretty much canceled and postponed as far as going into clinics for most people anyway, and so I, they'll be waiting for that, and then they'll be waiting to your side to come in to get the documents processed and everything is it you think it's going to be a lot difficult or moderately I, i'm not sure i i think well so existing pregnancies that those trains are chugging down the tracks regardless of what we're doing with with the virus so we're we're everyone's working their hardest to get those to to keep going now as far as new cases going into clinics it's a bit of a mixed bag i've heard that several clinics they're they're just they're shut down right because in somewhat of a sense, these are elective procedures. So the idea is, hey, we're not going to do donations. We're not going to do retrievals. We're not going to do transfers until it's safer to do so. I also heard of several other big clinics that are proceeding and they're just, you know, enacting a lot of safety protocols and, and, and whatnot, and they're going to be continuing on. So in on one sense, you know, I want everybody to be safe and, and stop. And on the other, I understand that, you know, creating a family, especially for many of these couples that have been trying for so long and gone through so much heartache, that the idea of just pausing when you're this close, especially if you had a lot of plans in place, like yeah. if you've chosen a donor and your donor was getting ready to start meds and, and or you've got a surrogate, and you had a transfer date in, in April, like your heart's probably broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely understand when there's clinics and, and couples out there that are trying to keep going. So. Yeah, yeah. And and so uh, what is typically your advice for those thinking of going the surrogacy route to parenthood? Just some basic things that they should keep in mind, whether they use your services or, or choose to do something else. What are some basic things that you like the people to know? Well, I, I think... Um, like I said earlier, the, the first decision is, okay, where are we from a GAMI perspective? Do we have our own embryos? Do we need a donor of any kind to complete an embryo? Once you make that decision, honestly, I would say start shopping around for clinics first. Um, I know it's, as the lawyer, I should say, no, talk to a lawyer first. But I think it's better to, to try to narrow down your list of clinics and where they might be 
and then once you have a good idea of, hey, this, this clinic looks like it's for us, this doctor we, we really gel with, then contact an attorney local to that clinic or, or in the state where you think you're going to be doing your surrogacy journey and, and have that lawyer run you through things to look out for. Um, once you've got your clinic in mind, uh, once you've got your lawyer in mind, then you can move on to an agency. Many clinics, especially at the egg donation phase, many clinics can act as their own agency. So they will have a database of egg donors that you can peruse and so on and so forth. So really, you probably aren't going to be, well, I qualify this, but every, every experience is different. But many times, once you found your clinic, you have a good chance of already having seen your egg donation agency as well. Mm-hmm. And once you get past the egg donation phase and you're ready for surrogacy, the important thing to discuss with your lawyer is, okay, what states am I limiting my search to? Because if, if you have a traditional or a gestational surrogacy, pretty much, you know, that might dictate what state is open to you. And then once you pick your state or have a good idea of what state you might want to be in, that's where you can talk to different agencies and say, okay, how many surrogates do you have in the state? Or do you often work with surrogates from this state? Because that jurisdiction can, can definitely have a big impact. And then finally, when it's time to choose your surrogate, your agency, or if you're not working with an agency, you really should have a lot of the big terms, such as compensation amounts, reimbursement amounts, specific conversations about what are we going to do as far as you know major abnormalities like Down syndrome, that kind of thing. You want all of that really worked out before you involve specific lawyers writing contracts because so much of that is really personal and really emotional and and really something that should be discussed either via the agency or more ideally through a counselor. That way, big stuff like that is nailed down before you start putting pen to paper on contract. And at that point, then all the pieces are in place. It's really just wrapping it all up with a good contract and and moving forward and, and, and off you go. It's, it's one of those things that you really shouldn't have any major questions mm-hmm. about how your journey is going to unfold after you start, right? Before you, before you have any transfer, before you make any, any embryos, you should have a pretty darn good idea of exactly how things will go, leaving, leaving to chance only biology, right? Only that, okay, what, what is the quality of embryos that we end up with? What is, mm-hmm. how many, are we going to get pregnant on the first trial? Because the stuff that we can't control. That's really the only thing that should be left up to chance. Gotcha. Thank you and for all of your wealth of knowledge and expertise in the subject matter and the importance of possibly hiring an attorney like yourself to help navigate the surrogacy and egg donation process, more importantly, the surrogacy, just because it's a little bit more complicated. And I I hope that you guys can stay safe, you and your family and your little ones. And I appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge. And you guys can check out uh, attorney Chris Jackson at surebreaklaw.com. I will have it in the show notes so that you can just click and go and get in touch with him, especially if you are in the California, Southern California area, which may not be too far from attorney Jackson's practice. And he can help you on your path to parenthood or egg and sperm donation. Thank you so much again, Attorney Jackson. No problem. I'm, I'm happy to help. It's, it's really something that's important to me. It's, like I said before, it's really a huge part of my life and something I'm very passionate about. And 
as a parent myself and having been around, you know, hundreds of people trying to become parents, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And I know it's not for everybody, yeah. but if, if it's an option that you think is right for you, then just talk to somebody that's involved with it and, and get a little more detail and see if it's for you. And I hope it would be.